Hello girlfriend and welcome to this episode of Rise and Grow Post-Separation. A few years back, I had it all. A husband who was first a friend, a house in the burbs for a family to grow in, and Callie our cat right by my side. But then I heard those words, those words that would change my life forever. You know what I'm talking about. I want a divorce. My name is Sarah Casa, and I am here to lift you above the fear, anxiety, and loneliness that comes with breakup. Divorce or not, the pain is one, and the pain is real. I've learned so many things along the way, things I want to share with you now. I will share tools, tips, and actions you can take to grow your mind, your body, but more importantly, your heart, to rise into the strong woman within you. Because guess what? If I could do it and get to live the life I have today, you better freaking believe you can. Now let's start, shall we? Let us start by acknowledging the land on which I am recording today's bi-weekly episode on. Today, we are gathered here in the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including the Siksika, Pekani, Kiana Nations, the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley Nations, and the Sutina Nation. Southern Alberta is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Hello, girlfriend, family, and friends. So I had a poll going on Instagram to see whether we should delve into anxiety at separation or boundaries at separation. More of you voted for anxiety tips and tools, and I get that. Anxiety is real. And anxiety does not just happen at separation. It affects many of us on a day-to-day basis. It still affects me. I get it on Sunday nights before work every week, even with all the tools and tips that I know. But this is exactly why I want to give the topic justice, the justice it deserves. So I want to delve deeper and do a little bit more background and homework from my end. And I actually have a very exciting idea in mind, which from day one of launching the podcast have had, and I hope I can bring it to life. So all I have to say towards anxiety is stay tuned. I will do my best to put something together to serve you all the best I can. So today, instead, we will talk about another tool that is equally crucial at separation, and that's boundary setting. And I want to share that because it was instrumental at the time of my separation. So let's start by talking about what I mean by boundary. A boundary can be physical, can be emotional, can be spiritual, relational. But the most common probably that comes to mind and everybody is familiar with is the physical one. So, you know, the typical example you hear of is when you're standing somewhere, let's say waiting for a bus, and somebody stands a little bit too close to you. So basically, they are intruding into your personal bubble, that imaginary bubble. My personal example is a memory I have from Brussels. So I was in Brussels with my mom, and we wanted to get to the Botanical Garden, I believe. Yes, the Botanical Garden. Obviously, we were tourists, and 
decided, oh, we needed to go early so that we can get there in time and enjoy the most out of it. We did not realize that we were heading out at rush hour. And I've never been crammed into a subway train the way I was that day. Of course, you know, as tourists, you're worried about the little money that you have in your purse. And really, it was just a regular commute day for the people on that train and no one was interested in my little purse but regardless it really felt uncomfortable for me and my mom so yeah there was definitely an invasion of my physical boundary there the emotional one well i think it's best explained through the circle of influence so if you draw one circle and right inside it your feelings your actions your perceptions and then let's draw another circle right outside it, a bigger circle. And that bigger circle is someone else's actions and feelings, perceptions, experiences. So now you have a circle of influence where someone in the outer circle with their emotions and experiences, if your circle is not a perfect circle and there's openings in there, can penetrate and impact your own emotions. Simply put, that's what an emotional boundary violation feels like. Basically, it's when someone projects their own needs on yours and you end up confusing it and thinking it's your own need. When you take blame for someone else's actions or even feelings. And when, you know, you're mediating between someone's feelings and someone else's, that's also a violation of your emotional boundary. An example of that would be when my ex does not like a particular someone and we're put in this awkward situation, I try to be that mediator when really it's not my job, but I took it on myself. And that was a huge violation to my emotional boundary by myself, by my own infliction. So I had just moved into my apartment. This was three to four months after that talk about separation. And I remember receiving a phone call. I don't recall why. I think maybe it was to drop something off that I had left at the house. But regardless, my ex called me and he was coming over. And when he came over, he suggested dinner. Dinner in my physical space, which is my neighborhood, my new neighborhood that I had taken on. Now, just to explain, I had moved into this community that I was really excited about, even though I was going through breakup and heartache. I want to move into a community where I can have the version of life that I want, not the version of life that we had together. So when I moved to Canada, I had this romantic view of living close to work, walking to work, shopping within my community, not requiring basically a car to meet my needs. Little did I know that's not really a dream, that that was possible. And I would see a lot of my colleagues and friends live that life, and I wanted that life. And so I jumped on that the minute I could by moving out into the neighborhood that is close to where I worked, where I could walk to work, where I could step out and go and get a coffee in the morning, where I could buy groceries and not need a car to transport my goods. And I was proud of it. I was proud that I found this all on my own. And here was my ex wanting to have dinner in my little bubble. And I said yes. Why did I say yes? 
because I didn't want to stir the boat. Let me tell you, this was the most awkward walk and dinner ever. He came over, gave me whatever he was dropping off, and we went out. As we were walking towards, I think it was a pizza place that we were heading to, started talking about the community, trashing the community, and what was I thinking. And then that word hit me. Snowflake. So on this walk, I got labeled as a snowflake. Is this what you want, to live like a snowflake? What has happened to you? Who are you? Those were the questions I got. Now, if you're not familiar with the term, I doubt anyone is not. But regardless, I want to read you a Wikipedia definition of it. Basically, snowflake is a derogatory slang term for a person, implying they have an inflated sense of uniqueness, an unwarranted sense of entitlement, or are overly emotional, easily offended, and unable to deal with opposing opinions. Yeah. All I could think of is I should have said no. Why did I say yes to this dinner? I should have said no. I should have honored my emotional boundary, which at the time I was not too aware of. So let's start by talking about why is it hard to set a boundary? The simple truth is we worry how others perceive us. We care, as humans, how others see us. We often don't want to offend people. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. Most of the time, we're asked for favors we don't really want to do, but we yet we do them. And sometimes there, there's a fear of missing out. That, that used to happen to me. So sometimes you're invited for drinks after work and you're not feeling okay, you're feeling tired, but you don't want to say no because you fear that if you say no this time, they will stop inviting you and you're no longer part of that circle. And so you say yes and you stomp on that feeling of, you know what, maybe tonight I didn't want to hang out and I want it to be on my own. But it doesn't matter because you don't want to disappoint someone. So I'm sure you're wondering, well, I'm breaking up with someone. I've already broken up with someone. Why does it matter how they perceive me? But it does. I mean, think of my example. I didn't want to rock the boat. Why didn't I want to rock the boat? Well, yes, one hand I said I always perceived myself as the peacekeeper and the good wife. But really, I had a year to live through a separation before I can be formally divorced. In Canada, those are the rules. That's how it works. I know other places it's different. Let's say you're not married, but you have to go through a process of separating your things, maybe separating financially, and you don't want to rock the boat because you don't want to be screwed over by an angry partner. But the biggest of them all is when you share kids. You don't want to rock the boat when you share kids because this is going to be years and years of a relationship. So why the rock that boat? Another reason why it's hard to set a boundary is your lack of knowledge of yourself. Let me explain that more. Let's use a simple example. Someone comes to you and calls you a snowflake. Now, if you don't really know yourself very well, and you don't have the self-confidence that you need at that time, you might think, oh my, what did I do? Why did he call me that? Why did she call me that? And you might actually doubt yourself and question it. Same way I question myself. It scarred me. Why did it let it scar me? Because at the time, 
I was still figuring myself out. This is why I talk about the importance of knowing yourself, dating yourself, just sitting with yourself after a breakup, after a long-term breakup, before ever thinking of looking for partnership again. I'm not perpetuating that we're broken or that something needs fixing. No, it's not that at all. It just is a process of peeling those layers one by one to get to know yourself. And only by knowing yourself more and loving yourself more and putting yourself first can you be more confident the next time somebody crosses a boundary with you. So at breakup, why is it important to set a boundary? Your relationship has changed. You've moved from having a relationship with someone who you are intimate with, who knows everything about you, who knows what buttons to push, who knows how to console you, to all of a sudden, through one conversation or one fight, one evening, one day, becoming someone who is an ex. And what that does is you're moving from a relationship that's intimate to one where you're telling one another, I want nothing to do with you. So you bet your ass that you're gonna have to redefine the boundaries. With a change in relationship, there will be a change in boundaries. This is a person that knew everything about you, and now we want them to know less. By setting a boundary, you're also protecting yourself. And again, we're not perpetuating that we're broken, but we don't want to be hurt anymore. And we don't want that person to have power over us. At the beginning of our separation, we used to call it an amicable separation. It was very confusing. (laughs) I have to admit, it was because, you know, on one hand, we're shopping for things that I'm taking to my new place. We're talking about things as if we're still together, but we're separated. And that phone call to have dinner, that was that confusion. And so if we had drawn boundaries from day one, after talking about separating, if we had also talked about boundary setting, things would have been less confusing and less hurtful. And at the end, similar to our discussion about knowing yourself, you need to speak your truth. And the clearer you are about your boundaries, the more you're speaking to your authentic self. I actually listened to a recent podcast between Christine Hassler where she interviewed um, Terry Cole. Terry Cole has this amazing book called Boundary Boss. Listen to it if you can. And if you don't follow Christine Hassler, well, I don't know what you're waiting for. You have to. She's amazing. But yeah, in their conversation, they were talking about boundary setting, how it applies across parenting and so on. And she talks about that. She talks about you speaking your truth with love and standing up for your authentic self. That is why you need to set boundaries. Honor yourself. Not for others, not for that partner that you left. It is for your own self. There's a great saying by Eleanor Roosevelt, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And that is what we want. Let that sit for a moment. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. But for all this to succeed, ladies, you have to be consistent. Think of it like training a dog. You know how nowadays in the pandemic, we're seeing more and more people training their dogs because everyone has a puppy? 
Well, the minute you start to not stick to your commands, they will take advantage of you. They will be the leader of the pact. So you need to stick to your guns. That consistency is what you need when you set your boundaries with your ex. But also for it to succeed, you do have to talk about it. I know you must think, well, we've separated. I'll just slowly stop taking their calls. And slowly they'll figure out what their boundaries are. But no. Let me paint a picture for you. You're sitting on that couch and the phone rings and you see their name. How do you feel? Even if you decide not to pick up, how do you feel? Something's already shifted. You're already in fight or flight mode. You're hyperventilating. So the key is not to get that phone call. The key is for that phone call to not happen. And for it not to happen, you do have to have the talk, as hard as it may be. You have to sit in the discomfort. With separation, there is so much discomfort. But until we sit with the discomfort, time and time again, we will notice that bit by bit, things do become easier. With that, I want to remind you, you are not broken. You're an amazing, strong woman. And we have just been socialized and given the disadvantage to believe that we have to serve others before ourselves first. And I'm saying no. No to that. And with that, sending you lots of love. Thanks for listening. If you have a girlfriend who is struggling out of a breakup and would benefit from these tools and tips, please share this episode with her. Us women have everything to gain from supporting and lifting one another up. So please don't forget to hit subscribe and check out riseandgrow.ca. It ensures this podcast reaches more listeners to grow our amazing community and ensures you are in the know of the latest offerings. Bye now.